Hey everyone, welcome to My Wife the Dietitian, a weekly podcast about lifestyle and healthy eating. I'm Rob and together with my wife Sandra, we invite you to join us on this informative yet entertaining journey through the complex world of healthy eating. We'll cover everything but the kitchen sink. Each week we'll discuss topics ranging from how to protect yourself from developing cancer, spicy foods to rev up the libido, to caring for your palliative grandfather with Alzheimer's. We'll also delve into more complex issues like, what the heck is oat milk? Why doesn't my butt fit into these jeans? And every guy's favorite question, will eating spinach really make it bigger? Join us each week as we strive to educate, enlighten, and entertain you. When you look at the ingredient list in a lot of processed foods, it reads more like an inventory list for a chemistry lab than for a food product. Phosphoric acid, potassium chloride, disodium inosinate, xanthan gum. Food manufacturers use these chemicals to make your food look, smell, or taste a certain way, but are they good for you? Evidence suggests that the obesity epidemic is directly related to the amount of processed foods we are consuming. Estimates show that by 2030, the number of overweight and obese people will rise to one-third of the global population. And the major concern is that no country to date has successfully reversed the growth in obesity once it's allowed to develop. On today's episode, we'll take an in-depth look at the different types of processed foods from ultra-processed to minimally processed. We'll also give you some tips on how to recognize which processed foods are okay and which ones to avoid. Some might surprise you. This is a good one. Stay with us. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Rob. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Did you press record? Did I what? Press record. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're recording. Everyone's listening right now. Okay. We've got a lot to say. We sure do. This is, uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, Processed foods. Well, yeah, five ways to reduce your intake of ultra-processed foods. Oh, ultra, ultra-processed. Because 61% of calories consumed are from ultra-processed foods, and then 23% are from minimally processed foods. And that is in, that stat is referring to what, Amer- Americans, U.S., North America? That, yeah, that's the U- consumed in the so U.S. So 61% of calories are from processed foods. Ultra processed foods. For, wow, really? Because, you know, most foods are processed. So we're going to kind of um, look at the differences between uh, minimally processed and, and processed ultra and ultra processed. So ultra sometimes can be in language. Ultra means, yeah, that's ultra. Like it's it's a good thing. It's one of those trendy words. <laughs> with food it's not a good thing you do not want to eat ultra processed foods but all of us eat them every day uh, yeah i'm sure yeah I'm, I'm curious to hear what this sort of the the categories the list is yeah yeah well we know that help. increasing intake of ultra processed foods for people it decreases your diet quality like your nutritional intake of fiber of protein yeah vitamin c potassium magnesium That makes sense. Yeah. And increasing your intake of ultra processed foods increases your risk of obesity and fatty liver, the abdominal fat around the organs, uh, increases your risk of diabetes, uh, metabolic syndrome, and high blood pressure. And it increases your waistline. Right. I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Carlos Montero developed four categories 
ANOVA food system for identifying what ultra-processed and minimally processed. So there's four categories starting from... It's like a system, like a categorization system, you mean? That's right. There's there's food, it groups food into four categories. Okay. And it's the degree of processing, and it's not just based on the nutrient profile, so it examines the healthfulness. Okay. So, like how much something's been processed yeah. versus, what's, uh, versus what's in it, kind of. Right. Sort of. Okay, so let's start let's start at number one is unprocessed, minimally processed. So that would be uh, like raw food, right? Yeah, Un- unprocessed. Picking like a, an apple off a tree or yeah. um, you don't it doesn't have to be that basically whole foods, whole minimally processed foods right. like from their uh, state that they are grown in and you eat them out right. of the ground or off the tree. That's pretty so, easy to understand, I think. Vegetables, fruits, beans, grains. So fresh meat and milk, like an apple that you buy at a store has gone through some processing in terms of it's, it's been washed or it's been whatever they do at the apple factory or whatever it's called, where, wherever it goes after it comes off the tree, it goes in the back of farmer John's truck. And then it goes to the, the recycling, not the recycling plant, the whatever, you know, there's a bit of. Does that count as processing? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. They put a sticker on it and they wash it. And that would be minimally processed. Okay. Yeah. Um, the second one is processed culinary ingredients. So oils and pastas and flour and sugar and salt. So it's foods that you would use when you're cooking in your kitchen. So that's, um, they're, they're processed to get to the point of, you know, you're purchasing the pasta to cook or the oil to use in your cooking or the sugar or salt or flour that you're using to make food. Okay. The third category is processed foods that they've added something like canned fruits and vegetables. So canned fruits that have syrup in them or seasoned nuts or cured or smoked meats, sausage, cheese, is actually a category number three processed food and bread because it's processed to be made to its state that you buy it. Right. And then number four is the ultra processed foods or highly processed foods and drink. And that's the soft drinks and ice cream, candy, uh, kind of like junk food. We can put in, you know, in quotes, a hot dogs, instant powdered and pre-prepared foods. So um, like any like instant protein powder or ideal protein in a in a like a shake or a whatever. Shake, yeah. yeah, any of those kind of things are ultra processed. Are we trying to stay obviously towards the beginning of that category system? Like one and two is where we want to be in order to be healthy and avoid three and four. Yeah. Well, remember we were talking about. I think we discussed earlier about the red light green light kind of category system. And uh, red light would be, you know, once a week, maybe. And green light would be as much as you want. So um, we're going to do a challenge in a minute. But first, I just want to do a little a chart of like, what's got better nutritional value versus poor nutritional value. Okay. So that we have like a bit of a framework. So better nutritional value would be, as I said, the whole like fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds in their like whole state beans whole grains with fiber 
lean meat, poultry, fish, eggs, and dairy. And then the poor nutritional value would be foods with added sugars, saturated and trans fats, foods that have those added, uh, refined grains, high fat meats like the cold cut and sausages, and highly processed or ultra processed foods like the junkier foods. Okay. So that's, those are kind of our um, things to look for as far as identifying the, how much it's been processed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, good. Yeah. And some of the information for today's episode came from many different sources. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Michael Pollan. I have. We've talked about him before. With the Omnivore's Dilemma and In Defense of Food are two excellent books that he put out and that he has others. But his quote is, eat foods, not too much, mostly plants. Yeah, that's good advice. I think we've mentioned that before. Yeah, I like uh, that kind of... That idea. Yeah, it's been used a lot, I think. Another one, I don't know if people have watched these different documentaries out there, and and there's lots now on food and the food industry. There's one called Food Inc., and it's on the the front of the book. It's got a cow with a a code, like a... Like a QR code? Is that what that's called? Or a grocery store code. I'm not sure. Yeah. With the ISPN. BN code on the uh, side of the cow, which is kind of funny. So, and it says how industrial food is making us sicker, fatter, and poorer, and what we can do about it. So that's really good. It's got Michael Pollan has been um, quoted in this, and he's a contributor to this. And Eric Slosser, who is the Fast Food Nation author, and he put that book out there. And then Marion Nestle is another person that is a food advocate, and she's a nutrition advisor in the Department of Health and Human Services. Okay, interesting. Some good good homework. Yeah. There's also another uh, excellent book called Kid Food, Challenges of Feeding Children in a Highly Processed World by Bettina Eliza Siegel, and she's a lawyer and food advocate. There we go. Lots of food reading. Sandra's a big reader. We have a lot of books here, so if you ever and, need, if you ever need a good book to read, just, uh, just give her a holler. She'll, she'll send you in the right direction. So um, there's a good chart uh, in a book called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Foods, Obesity and Disease, and it's by Robert Lustig, MD, and it's a really good way to kind of categorize the uh, real versus processed food uh, when you're shopping. Okay. So there's four principles. There's low sugar, should be high in fiber, low omega-3 fats, and low trans fats. Okay, say that again. Low in sugar. Yes. High in fiber. Yes. I forget the last two. And the last two we talked about last episode, low in omega-3 fat, or sorry, omega-6 fats. Okay. And low in trans fats. Because you want want it high in omega-3. So low in omega-6, high in omega-3. Okay. And low in trans fats. Yeah, but no, not high in omega-3. No, no, not for this, but Yeah, just because they spoil really easily. So it's, if they're in the food, then they're probably highly processed to preserve that food. Oh, I see. Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. So I want to do a little bit of a challenge with you, Rob. Oh, is this uh, the game we're going to play? Yeah, so red, remember red, yellow, and green light? Red light, green light? <laughs> That's right. I played, that, I played that when I was a teenager. <laughs> Did you? I'm good. I like this game, yeah, a it's teenager? fun. A teenager? teenager, red light, green light. You never <laughs> played that game? With I think you, when I was a kid. With your boyfriend? <laughs> You're so funny, no. No? 
Okay, well, we're going to play it now then. Okay. That'll all be right. fun. Who, go, who goes first? Well, I'll, I'll give you the rules. Well, this is different. Okay. This is a different. This is a different version. <laughs> it totally is. Okay. Okay. So once a week, the red foods, which are, um, if it has a label, then it should, it'll say two grams of fiber or less and over 10 grams of sugar. So that's a red food. It's caution. You stop before you purchase it and kind of think twice about it. A yellow food would be three to five times a week. It's not quite so bad. I mean, it's, uh, I shouldn't say bad, but processed. So it's got um, more than three grams of fiber per serving and more than three grams of sugar is yellow. So that's why I say it's like, okay, it's the red one was more than 10 grams of sugar. So now we're looking at more than three grams of sugar. The green light is like, have as much as you want. It would be less than three grams of sugar and more than five grams of fiber. Okay. That's a lot to sort of think about. I'm going <laughs> I'm to answer this based on my gut feeling of when you read the product, I'm going to like try to answer sort of representing everyone else out there. Perfect. Not that's, just me. Yeah. That, no, that's so excellent. What most, I will answer what most people, what I think most people how most people would answer. Okay, that's awesome. Quick rule of thumb would be the food should be higher in fiber than sugar. Like the grams of fiber should be higher than the grams of sugar if it's packaged with the label. Okay, that's a general rule for all processed foods, you mean? For this, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, if you're going to buy something in a package and it's processed, aim for higher in fiber versus the sugar grams. Okay. Okay, so like the green light challenge... Uh, the green, which is you can eat every day, is more than five grams of fiber and less than three grams of sugar. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So cream of wheat, cream where, does, where does that fit on? Uh, green, a yellow, or a red? See, cream of wheat, I think that it would be healthy. Um, so I'll say green. It's a red. A what? Yes. So it's uh, less than two grams of fiber. Um, that's the big reason. I don't think it has added sugar, but it's... Um, yeah, it fits on the red. So Dang. once a week. I'm off. No, or I'm less. Not, we're we're off to a bad start. <laughs> Me and my people that I'm representing. <laughs> okay, what about uh, high fiber instant oatmeal? So that sounds healthy. Instant oatmeal. It, well, as long as it's not loaded with sugar, it doesn't say. But high fiber, instant. Is it flavored? Doesn't say, right? Oh, that's a really good. Because if it's good, flavored, flavor yes. equals sugar. That's right. You're so right. It doesn't. I'm gonna just take a stab and say that it's a green light it's, it's yellow it's yellow yeah because it's got 10 grams of fiber which is really a lot that's, that's, that's yeah, good that's tons. but because it's instant and it does have sugar it's got the seven uh, grams of sugar see they didn't tell me that part so that's i, th I think i get half points for that <laughs> okay that's right remember yellow is three to five times a week and it's more it's a uh, more than three grams of fiber and it could have uh, more than three grams of sugar. So that fits in that, the Quaker high fiber instant oatmeal. That's added sugar. Yeah. Okay. Next. Raisin bran. Oh, raisin bran. See, raisin bran is one of those things that, and I've eaten a lot of raisin bran because I like raisins, but the raisins in the raisin bran are like little sugar bullets. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and aren't they... Um, 
I thought they were like deep fried or they. There's some. There's definitely they're, something. They're not like a normal raisin. Right. So you'd think like, ooh, raisin bran. That sounds healthy. But I'm gonna say, mm, um, red. Oh, you know what? Uh, that's you know what it actually is yellow because it's got good fiber but really high in sugar so like you said yeah that's kind of where i was thinking yeah so eight grams of fiber and 19 grams of sugar whoa yeah so it is a it's you know it's a little misleading because you think oh that sounds like a healthy cereal especially because there's bran in the title and, and you think raisins are healthy but like i said the raisins that are in raisin bran they might as well be like in a little candy package because that's what they're like yeah aren't they like sprinkled with powdered sugar or yeah, something they're totally like sprinkled they, with sugar and deep fried like or whatever they however they process them but ah yeah, yeah exactly don't yeah. be fooled well and with there's a bit of a sugar like if you think of sugar if it should be less than 10 percent of your total calories so if okay they something i looked up said for a man it's like 1500 calories a day i would say more like realistically 2000 calories a day that's what i would need yeah or, or regular man would need 2000 calories a day yeah kind of like a daily value like it's like 2000 calories a day and then so if that's if 10 percent of your total calories come from sugar then that would equate to 13 teaspoons of so, so 200 grams of sugar then is that what that means no 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 to 10 percent to 200 calories of oh, sugar 200 calories of yeah sugar. which Sorry, is I was gonna um, say. it it equates to about 13 teaspoons okay and then for women it's about nine teaspoons a day which sounds like a lot but gosh i think our average is way higher than that you're getting it and how many grams would that be because that's what's on the food label right like when you look at a food label it says how many grams of sugar per serving so how many it's times four isn't it that's 13 yes so that's like 52 grams of sugar that a average male would need to consume Yes. Or that's like the maximum they'd want to consume. Yeah, 52 grams, exactly. Okay. So, and yeah, and, and your food you're going to get, well, what did you say the raisin bran had? 10 grams? 19 grams. Holy, 19 grams. So yeah. right there, your bowl of cereal. I prefer, if I'm going to eat like a raisin bran, I would prefer just to eat regular bran cereal it's- and add my own raisins to it. Yeah, exactly. And you want to just keep the amount of raisins to be like just a quarter cup. I usually like to have one raisin for every eight flakes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's my ratio. You're funny. Yeah. So I just did the math, and that's why I've been quiet. You've been quiet? <laughs> You're funny. Well, it's forty, almost 40% of your calories if you had raisin bran in the morning, and we're looking at that um, kind of sticking with 52, the, the 52 grams. grams of sugar for you in a day. And that is about 40% of your amount of sugar you can have all day. Yeah, exactly. Just by eating those raisin bran. So it's probably better to have just unprocessed oats, not instant oats, but quick oats or steel cut oats, and then add your own uh, toppings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the bits and pieces. Okay. Here's another one. Rice cakes. Rice cakes. Flavored with the, like the... Unflavored. Unflavored, just raw... Uh, I think a lot of people eat these like thinking, oh, they're really healthy rice cakes. It's low calories. Right there, I'm going to say a yellow. (laughs) It's red. It's red. Really? Okay. Rice cakes. So not more than once a week. Well, I guess if you think about it, it's totally processed. Exactly. Because it's not like you go out to the field and pick one off a tree. (laughs) 
right? They don't come like that. That's right. Oh, look, honey. It's a rice cake tree. <laughs> look at all the rice cakes there. I, oh, they're fresh too. Mm. <laughs> right? So clearly. You're funny. Oh my gosh. I didn't think about the whole processing to get it into that round hockey puck shape. And <laughs> right. they all fit nicely in the package together on top of each other. They're like cookie cutter factory. Yep. Yep. So less than two grams of fiber. That's where it fits in. There's like zero calories in those things or something, right? Is that why people think they're healthy? I think so. They eat them to get like to fill their bellies, but they're filling it with like puffed air. (laughs) Yeah. No offense, but I mean, I'm just being honest with, yeah, there's nothing. It's highly processed. There's nothing in them. That's the bottom line. Like rice cakes are highly processed. Puffed air. Yeah. Yep. It's like some politicians are like that. Highly, highly processed puffed air, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Everyone, everyone agrees. Okay. What about craisins, dried cranberries? Oh, I know they're not healthy. They seem healthy, but they're loaded with sugar. And so green, been, yellow, or red? They're, um, they're, I, uh, mm, red, yellow, red. <laughs> yellow. Yellow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's because of, uh, remember with yellow, it's more than three grams of fiber and um, possibly three grams of sugar or more. So they don't have much fiber because they're really little. No, they ha- I think I think they that's where bit. they have some outstanding qualities is they do have a little bit of fiber. Okay. Because they're dried. Because right. the dried fruit is more higher in fiber because it's um, concentrated. But it's also higher in sugar because it's concentrated, uh, right? Yeah, 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 you got it. And that's why I think it's a yellow. Off the chart in sugar. Yeah, yeah. Um, more so than raisins, I think. What about vitamin water? Oh, vitamin water. That sounds healthy. Um, but also not natural. And definitely it's been processed. Um, I'm going to say red. Yep. Hey, look yep. at that. Yeah. Energy drinks, vitamin water, Slurpees. Slurpees? They're in the same category. Slurpees. See, that just, yeah. <laughs> the name should give it away, especially spelled with two E's. Slurpee. Mm. <laughs> That sounds healthy. <laughs> One of the other things is something your grandmother would recognize. She definitely wouldn't recognize a Slurpee. She'd probably <laughs> slap you if you said that word around her. Or actually, we should say great-grandmothers because it, now these ultra-processed foods have been around for a couple decades. So we're talking about foods that your grandmother, great-grandmother would recognize. Yes, true. And foods that have less than five ingredients is another good rule of thumb to follow for if you're buying a packaged processed food aim for something that doesn't have a whole like book a of whole page of ingredients on the side of it yeah, yeah. do you want to read that um yeah we have a comparison do you want to do the the uh, peanut butter first sure okay so i have a i have a um a kid's peanut butter we'll call it okay it's the craft uh smooth creamy kind of peanut butter that most kids insist on eating uh so here's the ingredient list on this it's got roasted peanuts soybean oil sugars and they have in brackets a bunch of different sugars uh hydrogenated vegetable oil uh salt mono and diglycerides and yeah so that's the ingredient list there and then sandra has one okay this is adams and it says ingredients peanut salt and that's it that's it two ingredients yeah and you know which one i like better i know what you you like adam's better it's so good yeah it's so good it's yeah and it's all 
I mean, all there is is just peanuts. And they're both peanut butter. And you can see the huge difference between the two. That One has like 10 different ingredients in it. And most of them, I don't even know what they are. And did you mention this about items in your kitchen? Something I, about like things that you wouldn't find in your kitchen? Yeah. So ultra processed foods. That's a really, I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that. Yeah. It means like if, if it's not something you'd find in your fridge, if that, if that's on the ingredient list, like hydrogenated oil or what, what did you call that other one? It was like a, a thickener or a, a bulking um, agent. Right. Bulking it was agent. something, you know, like that's not something that you're going to find in your cupboard. So that is something that's a, a hint that it's a processed, ultra, ultra processed. processed food. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the grade four ultra processed. So um, substances that you wouldn't use in food prep at home, like hydrolyzed proteins or modified starches, hydrogenated oils, colorant, flavorings, high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, bulking agents. Yeah, like we don't have our that stuff in our cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> to add when we're cooking our dinner. Yeah. Honey, have you seen the bulking <laughs> agent around? I can't find it anywhere <laughs> so yeah the ultra processed foods are convenient they're hyper palatable like really tasty so that's why you really want them and they're almost quasi addictive uh they're low cost uh because the ingredients they're they use these additives yeah yeah additives flavorings preservatives they're high in sugar in refined grains they're high in fats preservatives and salts gotcha we've also got another box here we'll just read this one quick it's melba toast which you know i would i was think that that's pretty healthy like pretty plain kind of cracker right yeah so we'll just read the ingredients on here too and then we can you can give it the red light green light okay okay yeah okay so we've got enriched wheat flour yeast salt potassium chloride wheat gluten malt flour coconut and or high oleic sunflower and or rapeseed oil. I guess they're not sure which one's in there. <laughs> um, yeast extract, ascorbic acid, enzymes. Um, some, there's some enzymes. They don't say which ones. <laughs> and soy lecithin. And it may contain milk and sesame. <laughs> milk and melvitose. I'm not sure. <laughs> I always laugh at those labels where it says it may contain or like, and well, or like who isn't that their job to know what's in it? Like, how do they not know what's in what they're giving oh, me? Fred to was eat? working that day. So it's probably got the uh, milk solid in there versus. Yeah. Like if Jane was working, there's definitely no milk in it. But if Fred was on that day. It's probably got the milk. So depending on which box we got. Well, you can just picture the big, the factories with like the big vats of where they are processing the food. And yeah, like. Something might have fallen into it. Maybe. Yeah. But what's the point of having the ingredients if they don't know what's in it? If it's like, well, it might have some of this in it. It might have some of this. We're not sure which oil. It might have the coconut oil or the high oleic sunflower, or it might have the rapeseed. We're not sure. Yeah. But one of those it's probably in there. <laughs> well, I guess, and you know, the more processed foods are more, um, it's a safety risk for people with allergies because if it may contain this or that, or someone with celiac disease, it may contain yeah, wheat that's, or gluten. That's a bit of a red flag. Yeah. As soon as you see those things and or, or may contain, I'd say, yeah, okay, I'll steer clear of that because they don't even know what's in it. And, exactly. they, and they made it. That's right. That's okay. right. 
so oh sorry gotta... no you go <laughs> the melba toast oh yeah we gotta decide if it's good or not well, that's a whole what, lot of ingredients sorry tell me look at the nutrition label and what's the fiber the grams of fiber per serving one gram okay and how much sugar per serving one gram okay i would say that is a red because it doesn't have anything good in it it does actually like, i mean it's got rye but it's I mean, highly it's, processed yeah highly processed and it's got the less than two grams of fiber and that's a a red category and more than five ingredients was that one of the rules too mm-hmm. so more than five ingredients not a lot of fiber yeah and it they don't really know what's in it so that's the <laughs> that's that's my rule okay if they're good. unsure about what the ingredients are then maybe choose something else <laughs> That's funny, Rob. There's another chart that I had that was really interesting. So it goes from ultra processed, processed to home version or like a minimally processed whole food. So sweetened breakfast cereal is ultra processed. Processed foods would be bran cereal or like the fiber one that has more fiber than sugar. And then the home version would be oatmeal that you sweeten with honey. And then maybe you add your own seeds and nuts. Right. That's what I like to do. <laughs> are you eating the melba toast? They're pretty tasty. <laughs> they are. I know. I mean, they're... Pretty plain. It's just that they're low in fiber and... They're like a rice cake, probably. Yeah. Like, they're just, like, there's not much to them. Yeah. And it even says on the box, um, which is part of their marketing... Because they know they're that could be plain. another Was it this category. One is good? if it's got like any kind of claims or marketing, then you got to be wary of it. Thin and crispy, perfect for topping and dipping. So they're basically that's a fancy way of saying these are really plain, <laughs> and you need to dip it into something <laughs> to make it taste better. <laughs> that's true. Well, and yeah, that's interesting because most ultra processed foods are very highly palatable, like highly tasty, like very yummy and delicious so interesting good to know so then okay ultra processed processed and home versions so ultra processed flavored potato chips processed would be like plain tortilla chips like plain because they have they would have less of the salt right and then the home version would be do-it-yourself pita chips maybe with a whole wheat pita oh i see yeah okay and you were talking about a potato uh, oh yeah, like, you too? like yeah, potato flakes. You know that you add water, like instant potato, is the ultra processed. Okay, and then the middle one, like processed, would be frozen potato, ha- like, like hash browns. F- yeah, that haven't been majorly frozen, like majorly processed. They're just just raw frozen potatoes. That's right. And then the home version, the minimally processed, would be potatoes. Just a regular potato a potato that you actually have to scrub and scrub peel the, scrub and the dirt cut. off and yeah yeah and i think part of the issue is we're losing our basic cooking skills we're not it's not necessarily taught in schools kids aren't learning it at home do you remember the jamie oliver food revelation revolution where he went into the grade one class and he brought a he brought all these different vegetables and fruits and a lot of the kids had never seen them before. Yeah, that was crazy. He held up like a tomato and and none of the kids in the class knew what it was. They were looking at it and smelling it and touching it. And they're like, um, I don't know, is that a potato? Is it an apple? And and then he said, does anybody know? Did he tomato whole, ketchup. 
he yeah he's like do you know have you tomato heard of ketchup? tomato ketchup oh, and they're oh, like yeah. oh of course yeah we care i love ketchup ketchup's my favorite i put it on everything and yeah it just kind of shows that yeah, they don't know what a tomato is, but they know what ketchup is. Yeah. They could probably tell you what a picture of french fries was and where it's from, but they don't know what a potato is. That's right. They didn't. They couldn't identify the potato either. Yeah. So and to me, that means that they're not seeing it at home. Like they're probably not having home-cooked meals very often, or they're not using, you know, minimally processed foods. Like They're just, not seeing the raw food. Yeah. They're seeing the processed versions. Yeah. So they're not familiar with those raw foods but they know um what you know captain crunch or you know various craft peanut butter or whatever yeah like the 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 corporate branding of foods they know familiar with that heavily marketed to kids yeah 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 and as marion leslie sorry marion nestle who's the former nutrition advisor in the department of health and human services is talking about how the food industry's single-minded pursuit of sales above consumer welfare. They were already trying to sell their products in an environment in which there were twice as many calories as anybody needed. Now they had to grow their profits every 90 days for the shareholders. The result was that food companies had to seek new ways to market their food, and they did that by making larger portions, by making food available absolutely everywhere, by making food as convenient as it could be, and by creating a social environment in which it was okay to eat all day long in more places in larger portions. Yeah, you think about, like, like you can get food everywhere now. Everywhere. Yeah. Like, they're either through a vending machine or even stores that didn't used to sell food. Like banks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like have chocolate bars or gasoline. For like, real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I hardware were, stores. I thought you were joking. No, well, seriously. you're right. Yeah. yeah. The hardware is usually in the lineup so that they can make you happy while you're, you know, in case you're hungry. I know. Gosh, I don't know if I can wait the five minutes in line. I wish there's some food here. Oh, look. <laughs> I have a whole bank of food here I can eat. Oh, good. I'm not going to starve. <laughs> so don't buy food where you buy your gasoline. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty e- easy rule, right? Uh, well, yeah, 20% of food be is processed. eaten in cars, and that's probably with fast food too. But you're multitasking when you're eating. You're not like multi or you're not being mindful when you eat, and you're also eating in a secretive way like dashboard dining where you're hiding those foods that you know probably aren't great but they're convenient and you're hungry and what was your slogan oh the food company's slogan eat always yeah yeah oh the food companies that's right that's your slogan that you were joking that it's food companies yeah eat always well that's what they want well that's food always that's what they're encouraging us to do because there's food everywhere and they they want us to just always be eating yeah because it helps their bottom line totally yeah. yeah, yeah, that's crazy. But I like uh, Micah Pollan's uh, logo or <laughs> slogan: "Eat foods, not too much, mostly plants." Yeah, I'm just thinking about movie theaters and how you feel the necessity to eat while you're watching a movie. And yeah. most people go to a movie after dinner, right? So you've just eaten, and then you go to the movie. It's at like seven o'clock or whatever, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I need to get a big thing of popcorn and a giant <laughs> bucket of pop and bag of candy and it's like that's something that we've learned yes it's not nobody's hungry when they go to the theater yeah you know but it's something that you've learned to do yeah and And you think oh my god two hours without eating i'm gonna die 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I don't, there's no like zero relationship between watching a movie and eating. Yeah, it's a social, uh, socially created uh, ideal. Yeah, and it's a, this connection, right? Like, it's this. Um, well, it's in our brain now. I mean, you smell the popcorn. Yeah, like they pump it out into the street. So when you're waiting in line, you're smelling the hot buttered popcorn. You're like, oh, I can't wait to get inside. And some people <laughs> will miss the first ten minutes of the movie in order to get their popcorn because that's more important than watching the movie, <laughs> which is, I, you know, it, yeah, it fascinates me. But Well, definitely. I mean, those, those associations we have in our brain, like, um, you know, movie, popcorn, um, going for a picnic and um, potato salad or turkey dinner and pumpkin pie or right. like, so these are things too, like if you have something or dinner and dessert, like a lot of people, they just always, they were, they were brought up to have dessert after every dinner. Nowadays, it's like a dessert after every meal. True. <laughs> so you need yeah. that like sweet taste, uh, you know, after you've eaten. So these things are killing us. Totally killing us. It's so bad for us. And um, we're just not, we're not mindful when we're eating and we're eating more ultra processed foods. So another ultra processed, processed and home version would be ultra processed would be like the fried chicken. And then the next one would be deli rotisserie chicken, or the next one would be um, roasted chicken from scratch. So those are some good examples. Yeah. Or frozen blended coffee is ultra processed. And then the store-bought cold brew would be the processed. And then the home version would be homemade drip coffee. Oh, like a, like a, a coffee shop fancy mixed up latte thing yeah okay yeah yeah and then um with the like chocolate with the ultra process it would be the flavored candy bar with a long list of ingredients and then the process would be a chocolate bar like a just a regular chocolate bar that has minimal ingredients like less than five and then the best one would be the dark chocolate that's just got a few ingredients right gotcha and it's got more of that cocoa Cocao. Cocao. Yeah. So the five ways to reduce your ultra processed food intake would be buying foods without labels, whole uh, minimally processed. Yeah. And if it is packaged with a label, then make sure the fiber grams is higher than the sugar grams on the label. Uh, number two, foods that rot is a good rule of thumb. So if it's going to rot, it doesn't have a ton of preservatives or food stabilizers or all those yeah, it's more fresh. Yeah. It's not a, yeah. additives yeah. that uh, help preserve it forever and ever. Number three is less than five ingredients is a good rule of thumb. Number four, low sugar, high fiber, low omega-6, and no trans fats. Right. And number five, something your grandmother would recognize. I wonder if she would know what a yogurt tube is. Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where does canned food fit into this? Yeah, that's a good question. It's actually on category. Um, so if it's canned just from its state of like... Like it's raw state. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. category number two. So it's almost the whole minimally processed. Okay, so they're good because I'm just thinking... And if you do it yourself, like home canning... Sure, yeah. ...is is also like category number two. Because so there's, there's preservatives in... Some of them. And so with with every food... You can look at, you know, where, like, what has it gone through and where did it originate from and how much processing. So if it's like the fruit, if it's added syrups, 
then you know that's going to have more sugar. Right. And it's different than eating. So applesauce is different than eating an apple. Right. Okay, hold on a sec. I'm just going to grab a can. Okay. Okay, I just grabbed a, a couple of cans here quickly just out of curiosity. I got a can of black beans. And the ingredients are black beans, water, salt, and calcium chloride. So that's pretty basic. I, I'm, the water, obviously, is what it's in. The salt, I'm sure, is for preserving it. Yep. And whatever that last thing was. So that's pretty basic. I guess that meets the list. I guess a can of soup probably would be more processed because there's tons of stuff in that. Yeah. More salt and more additives and flavoring. Yeah. Okay, so I guess the same rules apply. Just read the label. And if it's like when we read the peanut butter label where it was just peanuts mm-hmm. and salt, that would be the one you want to get because it's less. And if it's got 18 different things in it of things you can't pronounce and wouldn't find in your fridge. Right. It, that's maybe. the big thing, eh? Is like those those ingredients that you don't recognize as something that you would be cooking with. True, yeah. And it's a really good, like this uh, ice cream... Cream, milk, sugars, sugar, glucose, solids, chocolatey fudge pieces, modified palm oil, sugar, cocoa, unsweetened chocolate, soy, lecithin, modified milk ingredients, soy, mono, and diglycerides, cellulose gum, guar gum, polysorbate 80, carrageenan, natural flavor, and natto may contain peanuts and tree nuts. Right. So there's quite a few things in there that I didn't even know what. Like, where do you find that on the shelf? Carrageenan? Yeah. <laughs> I think you find it in the ocean, actually. Yeah. But it is a additive that uh, is, uh, I think it's a bulking agent. Emulsifier. Oh, it's emulsifier. Yeah, one of those. All right. So this has been uh, a lot of information. I hope people are uh, going to think about it while they're shopping next time and maybe start looking at things a little differently. Green light, low sugar, and high fiber. Yeah, because it'll help. It'll help the bottom line, the back end, the bottom end. However, we say that <laughs> of your um, of your health, like your your body size and shape, and your dollar, like your budget, and is that what you mean? Kinda. What do yeah. you mean? <laughs> no, that's what I mean exactly. Your waistline. It'll. It's and the family's health to prevent all those. And you know they're finding more and more about like gut biome and how. Um, the ultra processed foods is affecting our gut biome to the degree of there's a link with depression with lower IQ scores in children. And oh wow, yeah, that's uh, there's there's so much more to health and what we put in our bodies, and it affects us in so many more ways than just our weight. Sandra's going to dig up some info here. The ultra processed foods affect the gut biome with uh, the common ingredients like the artificial sweeteners and emulsifiers, the high temperature extrusions, and we talked about that with the fats, oils, and grease last episode. Right. It creates a gut environment that favors microbes that promote low-grade inflammation associated with obesity and several diseases. And now they are uh, making that link with depression and other um, mood disorders too. Right. And there is a role with all ultra processed foods to increase your craving, your appetite, and then you overconsume it. And, uh, you know, our modern living allows for a little time for cooking. So we need the convenience or we think we do. And the food tastes so good. So that's the issue too. It tastes so good. So why would you spend time cooking 
and we're losing our cooking skills and it t- it's effort to cook and to clean up. Yeah, but it's so important. Yeah. Good. That's good information. All right. Well, thank you, Sandra, for sharing that uh, with us today. That's um, hopefully going to be uh, of benefit to people when they're out shopping and eating and cooking and doing all those things they should be doing. Thanks for playing red light, green light with oh, me. Oh, I love that game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, it's been fun. Have a good week. We will be back next week with more exciting things. Thanks, Rob. All right. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on My Wife the Dietitian. If you like what you heard, don't be shy. Leave us a comment or review and be sure to share our podcast with your friends. If you'd like to hear more, hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on our social media pages for updates, episode trailers, and other odds and ends. For more info and links on what we discussed on today's episode, check the show notes. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun-filled episode. 